Hey, y'all, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. With me today is Matt Schaup, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about who Matt is. He's a Jesus follower, husband, father, and award-winning serial entrepreneur, author, keynote speaker, Spain aficionado, aspiring paella chef, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and Spanish coffee addict. Matt's entrepreneurial journey began at the age of 10 when he started a lawn mowing business to earn $200 for a boombox. Do y'all remember those, y'all? It was then when Matt discovered his passion and love for business. Then 10 years later, while studying at Colorado State University, Matt was recruited by a college painting company where he learned even more about sales, marketing, and business operations. Matt made lots of money in college and then spent three times what he made. So without further ado, let's bring on the man behind it all, Matt Shout. Thank you. Thank you. How are you today? My pleasure. I'm doing well, Matt, and thank you for sharing and holding space with me today. Absolutely. Really excited to be here and uh, hang out with you and, and your listeners. Likewise. So, Matt, I know the audience is eager to learn more about you personally and professionally, so we're going to dive into the connection segment. So this is the part of the segment where you get to share something about yourself in a fun and personal manner. So there are two options. We could either do a rapid fire and question game, emphasis on rapid, or an icebreaker. What are you in the mood for? I love the rapid fire. Those are fun. Okay, here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Matt and Genesis. Do, 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 do. Question numero uno. Since you are a Jesus follower, what is your favorite scripture? Man, I love ooh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Anyone in Christ is a, a new creation. Old is gone, new has come. That, that really lines with my story and where I came from. Love it. Question two. If you could share your story in three words, what would it be? Fighter, survivor, inspirer. Fighter, survivor, and inspire. Love it. Question three. If you had the opportunity to have lunch or dinner with anyone past or present, Matt, who would it be? Tony Robbins. Okay. Question four. Would you rather a dream car, dream home, or let's go big and have both? Both. Question five. What's your happy place? Spain. Ooh. Question six, you're obviously a Spanish coffee addict. Hmm? <laughs> what? Ooh. Ooh. That, y'all, that makes me want to have a coffee. Outside of coffee, would that be your preferred drink of choice or something else? I am addicted to orange bubbly water. Okay. Orange bubbly water. That's a G- first, generic y'all. King Supers brand, like grocery store brand, orange bubbly water. I love it. Question seven. You just won the lottery. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. However, to get all your proceeds released to you, you must donate to three charities of your choice first. What charities are you contributing to? 
we have an endowment to study abroad scholarship that we started at Colorado State. So I would fund that with uh, a lot of money. So it continued to kick off more money. Uh, I would do something with an organization that helps children that get bullied. Uh, and I would really contribute to that. And I don't have a specific one. That's just something I'm really passionate about. And I, I would do something along the lines of something that helped veterans or police officers. I love that. So all servant leadership and giving back where you could make an imprint and drive an impact. Yeah, Question absolutely. Eight. Are you ready for this one? I don't know. Some of these are good. Some of these got me. If you had any superpower, what would it be? I'd love to fly. Ooh, yes. I like that one. Question nine. If you could be a fly on the wall and eavesdrop on any conversation, what would you be listening into? The United States government. Because <laughs> they're listening to us. Question 10. It is our pass or play question. And here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed, Matt, and you could ask me a question. If you play, I ask one last question to wrap up. Robert, fire. So do you want to pass or play? I'll play. Okay. Last question here. So you just got an all expense paid getaway. Yes, you could take your wife and your fur babies and kiddos if you have any. However, they just gave you a kicker. You're not going to be able to fly back to your home base for three to four weeks because the pilots are now on strike. So where are you headed? Ireland. Okay. And that concludes rapid fire, y'all. Thank you for playing that. That was fun. Thanks. So now we're going to dive into the work that you're doing now. You're an entrepreneur and you call yourself a serial entrepreneur. We know that you got into entrepreneur journey whenever you were 10 and you wanted this glorified boom box. Yeah, with the CD player. It had the CD and cassette player. <laughs> oh, wow. That's going way back. I think I remember cassettes in the 90s when my parents had yeah. this old school Ultima. And I remember when you used to have to dub cassette tapes. Yeah. Do you remember when you, you would get the Discman that didn't skip? The sport one that you could yes. jog with? That you wear on your pocket? Well, it had the skip protection, right? It was like the yellow sport one and you could shake it and it wouldn't and it would just keep playing. I don't remember that one. See, I'm yeah, like in my 30s that. now and I'm a 90s okay. baby. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was born in 81. Yes. Yeah, so I was like 10 in the early 90s and cassettes were on the way out and CDs were in. So outside of that first experience, with you starting a lawnmower business, was there anyone um, in your pipeline or in your community that was an entrepreneur that you looked up to? No, you know, what happened was um, I, I grew up in New Jersey and we moved from New Jersey to Colorado when I was 10. And I got bullied a lot growing up, like really severely. It was an easy target, like little skinny, little buck tooth kid. And um, I was really just scared of the world. I was looking over my shoulder. Uh, I asked my parents for some money one day for a boom box and they said, go find a way to make your own money, figure it out. We're not going to give it to you. So I took their lawnmower and went down the street and I just shared you know, the bullying story because business gave me a sense of purpose and confidence and security. And you might be able to beat me up on the playground, but uh, you're not going to beat me up in business. And I, and I got that boom box and then made a couple thousand dollars at 10 years old, invested some of that money and then uh, went to the big Sam's Club Costco type store uh, to buy big boxes of candy and then I sold them at school. 
Oh my gosh, our stories are like parallel, even though we're different ages. So I was bullied in um, middle school and high school and I went into like a depression. And then I also did, because we have Sam's Club. So I did the thing where I told my dad, dad, I need to go to Sam's and I bought the candy and I was selling at school cheaper than the vending machine sold up. So I was like pocketing money and people were coming to me. And then one day I got caught and they're like, if you keep selling this, like you're going to get in trouble because of course the school was losing money. And I'm like, hey, I have to capitalize on this. And then, you know, chips too was another thing to sell because they were like, Uh you could get two bags of chips for a dollar. Yeah. And one yeah. pack of chip at school was like either 75 cents or a dollar. So yeah. like you're getting two for one. Getting two for one. We had a school store. We didn't have the vending machine. So I would just hang out. I'd go by the, the kids in line at the school store. I'm like, I got cheaper candy. It's the same candy. It's cheaper. And then uh, repeat. we had a repeat customers. One kid, whatever I had left at the end of the day. So I wasn't going to sell it. Either I would eat it or bring it back. But he'd pay me $5 a day. Like $5 a day in seventh grade. He'd just buy the whole bag. So and I did also get in trouble. I, I had an in-school suspension for two or three days for that. Oh my gosh. This is just amazing because you never know how like your background and what you endured will actually work out in your favor, even though it's not conducive when you're in the thick of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I struggled a lot growing up. I mean, I still, you know, I still got picked on, but that just, that was my little escape and and, and happy place back then. And it just, it gave me a sense of purpose. It, it eventually became you know, what I would consider an, an idol, just a pursuit of money and thinking that, you know, making more money is going to give you more of something that you need just as a person in terms of security and certainty, but it's not true. Obviously found out that wasn't true, uh, but it's cool to go back and explore that, that story. It's really fun. I teach Brazilian jiu-jitsu to kids. So to give kids the tools now that I didn't have when I was a little kid, it's really fun to see somebody come in that it's like a little version of me. And I'm, and I tell mom and dad, I'm like, give me two months with this kid, two, three days a week, going to be a different kid. That is amazing. And I love the back end story. And the reason why I wanted to own in on the back end story is because sometimes people see where we are now and they want to place us on a pedestal, not knowing that there's other layers that we have to go through in order to achieve the level of success and greatness that we have. So never look at somebody and place them on a pedestal without really knowing their story and not understanding the multi dimensions behind that individual. So Matt, you have some amazing things that you're doing that your community may or may not know about. And, you know, you say serial entrepreneur, have you ever checked the employee box where you went to work for someone just to try it for kicks and giggles and then realize, okay, no, God, I'm, I'm better off over here in the owner operator bucket and doing my own thing. Yeah, I did, you know, transitioning from the candy peddling and the snow shoveling and the lawn mowing. I just worked hourly jobs. I worked at a Chinese restaurant as a busboy, a Subway sandwich shop, and then a shoe store leading into college. But I was always like in charge of the store. You know, they'd leave me and they knew I'd take care of it. Um, But at college, I got recruited by a college painting company. And I technically was an employee of this company, but they showed you how to run a painting business. So you were an entrepreneur with a little E is kind of how I describe it. You get to use their money, their resources and their training and uh, made all this money, graduate college and I'm in debt. And I, I wanted to get away from painting and the painting business because it wasn't sexy enough. It wasn't cool enough. It wasn't prestigious enough. And I go to start working in a mortgage bank, a mortgage officer at a bank. And I've got like suit and tie um, just yet yeah, shook me, yeah, hate, hating it. 
And, um, you know, boss telling me what to do, when to do it, how many calls to make. And I was plotting my escape. I was totally miserable. I had been married about a year, year and a half, no, about a year. And um, come home every day telling my wife, Emily, you know, we're, we're going to leave. I just don't know what it's going to look like or what I'm going to do. And um, one day, new bank president calls me in and he says, put all your shit in a box. You're fired. Like he, he, he didn't meet me. He didn't shake my hand. He didn't say, hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so. Nice to meet you. And I go, what, really? And he goes, yeah, maybe you should go do that painting thing. And he cinches up his tie and, you know, leans back in his big, big desk. And, um, you know, back then I was still pretty angry at the world for a lot of things. So I, I gave him the one finger salute, grabbed my box, walked out of the bank and I'm standing there in the parking lot. And uh, first thing I thought is I have to have an answer for Emily. Like I have to have a solution to this problem, this issue. And I'm going through all the emotions. And I said, you know what? It's the perfect time. Like I've got nothing, got no more paycheck. Emily's working part-time to pay for some of the expenses, but we needed to make three grand in 30 days. So we took the last hundred bucks we could and opened up uh, our, our company and started our painting company. Wow. I love that y'all. So sometimes God works in mysterious ways. And I know you're yeah. a believer. That's why I'm saying this because sometimes mm -hmm. we get comfortable and God is already positioning us to make a move and to leave, but we're so comfortable with where we are that we're missing the warning signs and the indicator lights are going, going off. And sometimes he has to like slam that door shut in order for us to yeah. have clarity and focus and open our eyes to see there's more to this than what I'm doing. And another thing I resonate with, I, I lost my dad in the pandemic due to medical negligence. And one week later, I found out Sorry. that I was being laid off from my fortune 500 job um, in uh, oil and gas, where I spent 12 years in oil and gas, but seven and a half with this big company. And I was yeah. so upset and angry because it came at a time that was not conducive or pretty. So similar to you, it's like, I could either be bitter or I could be better. And in your mm -hmm. case, you were better. So you and Emily took the hundred dollars that you had started yeah. your business. Now you're going from surviving to thriving. And you gave three powerful yeah. words in the beginning during rapid fire. You remember what those words were? Yeah, it was fighter, survivor, inspirer. So fighter, survivor, and inspirer, y'all. Listen to this. So you're a survivor. You survived certain downfalls in your life. Yeah. You fought through certain situations that were hard. Some may say trials and tribulations. Yeah. And then inspire. You inspired to do more than where you were because you knew there was a biggest biggest purpose tied to your name a biggest destiny would you say that I summarize that without even talking to you or knowing anything about you Matt no ab absolutely yeah I mean you 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 overcome things and in those hard moments you know same same things that that are you know different types of moments but hard moments you learn a lot about yourself what you're made of where you go and when, when the pressure is on and um, there's always something worth fighting for you know what I saw a lot of growing up I saw a lot of ugly things growing up and a lot of people fighting the wrong battle the wrong time for the wrong reason but there, there's absolutely a time to you know plant your flag take a stand and, and fight for something or or somebody and that happens in business and life in, in leadership and then you know when you get to a certain level we, we changed our financial picture successful in business, have an opportunity to come on a podcast, right? And speak to you and your audience and who knows who's listening and, and where they're at. Like, how can you not share what's in, like, you got to overflow and share this with, with other people. So that's really what I'm, what I'm called to do. And, um, you know, you talked about going from bitter to better. I wrote a blog 
couple years ago, and it was called Turning Anger into Appreciation. And, and that was really a theme of my life. All of these things that had happened to me because I was a victim and it was everybody else doing it to me. I was pissed about it versus no, like this just happened, not a victim. And, and I'm going to appreciate those things that happened. Somebody asked me if I would trade it for a million dollars or whatever. You know, um, everything happened for a reason and I, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, even the, the girl that beat me up on the playground every day, what, whatever it is. And, um, successful people, winning people sit on top of a mountain of their failures and celebrate and people that are the opposite lay underneath them and let it crush them and destroy them. I love that. And it reminds me of the sentiment I always like to say is things don't just happen to you, but they happen for you, for you to gain appreciation, for you to have gratitude, for you to change and shift your mindset. And the reason why I ask my questions the way it did is because I know you focus on creative marketing. So how does creative marketing play into all of the things that you have not only endured, but you have used that as a stepping stone to plateau to where you are now? So I love, I love marketing. Uh, I love the idea and the concept of a human being is putting their attention into something, right? So they're driving to work or they're sitting there on their phone, they're scrolling on social media, they're having an engagement, a conversation, and you're literally interrupting their conversation, their attention with something that, that needs to stop what they're paying attention to. They need to start paying attention to you. You need to hook them. And just that whole process of hooking somebody and, and not trying to sell them right there, but just say, hey, I've got something that you need, that you want, that can make your life better. Can we talk about it? And there's so many ways to do it. I love Mike Michalowicz, he's a great friend of mine. I love his book called Get Different. And he said, you don't need to be the best. You don't need to be better. You just need to be different. So we've just tried crazy things. This whole Spanish coffee, I love it. We have a free coffee bar that now is a cause to give money to a scholarship that we started at CSU. It started off as when I went to Spain, I brought a whole suitcase full of coffee bags back. And then I would give it as gifts for closings in the real estate business or just to catch somebody's attention. Maybe we were, we're targeting a business we wanted to do business with. Um, but, but the creativeness in the marketing can totally be an extension of you. You know, you might hand out a Spanish coffee kit and they're like, well, you're not a Spanish coffee person. Maybe you are, you will be after you try this, this coffee, but, but, but you can do something that's really cool, really unique. I love cooking Spanish paella. So I'll cook dinner for somebody. And I have a paella hit list is what I call it. It's just somebody that I love and I want to go make them dinner and I, and I bring them dinner. Ooh, that sounds good, man. Too bad we yeah. don't live close by because I would say I'm with the paella. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got a free, free recipe. So when you go to my website, you can download free business leadership tools, but I have a video recipe on, on how to make an amazing paella. Um, but it's, and it's not always about the marketing. What, what I've found is like, I just love making people's life better making people happy and I get to do that all day hang out with really cool people and then business happens that's that's how I view business and that's the approach I take to to business it's, it's not always about the business but you still have to run the business I love that and I would say um just a second what you said there Matt so when it comes to creative marketing y'all I mentioned that I was in oil and gas for 12 years and outside of that I spent 15 years in corporate, some of the marketing things that you do is sometimes going on a coffee run or a coffee break with something, some something so small as just grabbing coffee or grabbing a muffin and just getting to know that person 
builds that personal connection and that personal connection can turn into a business um, endeavor whenever the time happens or doing like OTC, any offshore technology conferences or going to a golf tournament, volunteering with a nonprofit and et cetera. You're not doing it to be sleazy and slimy. You're doing it because it's something that is attached to your heartstring and it's also attached to someone else's heartstring. And then you unite over a commonality. And from that commonality, you then begin to talk business and it happens in an organic matter and fashion. And then that person becomes part of your pipeline. You become part are theirs and now you see there are synergies there so don't just think of marketing as oh I just want to sell the deal I just want to close them because when you do it that way somebody could spot you from a mile away but when you do it with intentionality and not just to necessarily get something out of it then you're going to not go from surviving but you're really going to go into thriving and you're not going to have that fight or flight mode because things are naturally going to happen to and for you would you agree with that sentiment, Matt? Absolutely. I would add to that that we we live in a world where everybody's on guard. Everybody expects that you're trying to get something out of them, right? They go, "What? Why did this guy just give me some coffee? Like, what? What's? Because I like you, I want to give you some coffee. And it's a really cool story. It's really great coffee. Like, like that's it. And and it, and it catches people off guard because they're expecting that whatever this thing that interrupts the conversation hooks them, gets their attention, gets them curious. They go, "What's he trying to sell me?" Um, like, yeah, if you want to come do jujitsu here or do a business deal, we can talk about that. That's fine. But it really is different because it really just goes against society and, and what's out there. Really fun story. You know, as um, we, we have a residential painting and now roof contracting business. When a hailstorm hits, we get a lot of hail in Colorado. The roofers come out of the woodwork and they knock on doors and they harass people. They're there seven in the morning. And they're sleazy and they're climbing on roofs and they're pretending they're the insurance company. So we launched our roofing division a few years ago and we had our first big hailstorm. So we go, hey, let's go try door knocking. I did that for years. But this this was different. It was just, it was sleazy. So we went out for a few hours and I came back and I was really discouraged. I like like the reality of I'm, I'm a door knocker and, and people did not want to see me. And I'm like, you know what? Let's bring Let's bring Spanish coffee to everybody. We're like, well... They're not going to want to talk to you. So I said, you know what we'll do? This is a small town. We went to a Ziggy's Coffee. It was a new franchise coffee shop that opened. And we said, how would you guys feel if every Friday we came here for two hours and just had an open bar and we bought everybody coffee? They're like, well, we'd love that because it's probably going to increase our our ticket sales. So we went out one Friday and tried it and um, let people know about it on like neighborhood apps and things like that. So it was pretty busy, went pretty well. So then what we did, we made a little postcard. We went and knocked on the same doors that 300 roofers knocked on. And when they opened the door, they're like, oh, another roofer. I go, yep, I'm another roofer, but I'm not here to talk to you about your roof. Just wanted to give you some free coffee. Come down to Ziggy's. We're going to be here every Friday for the next uh, two months. It was eight weeks. And we spent about $20,000 on coffee over eight weeks. And um, they're like, what do you mean? Just come have coffee. We're going to be hanging out down there. Didn't say anything. And I go, I got to go. Hope to, hope to see you at Ziggy's. Turn around, walk down the stairs. Hold, hold on. Can you look at my roof? You're the only painter that came by and actually wasn't trying to sell me something. They'd come down, meet coffee, get, you know, ask questions, get to know us, bring their insurance claims. Hey, can you help me? And we did about a half million dollars worth of business from a $20,000 investment. So that was what, four and a half percent of top line. So you measure it, but I mean, it was, it was the coolest thing ever. Wow. And then you got them to 
you know, funnel back into the community. You did something for Ziggy's mm -hmm. coffee shop. Then people came out. They some people yeah. may have not known about Ziggy. They got to know about Ziggy's mm -hmm. coffee shop. You weren't yeah. sleazy or slimy like some of the other people. So you didn't make their guard go up. And the fact that you just said, hey, come out and have coffee and you turned to walk away. They're like, wait, wait, hold up. And then mm -hmm. so now it's almost like a bait and switch with which is something that you weren't trying yeah. to do, but it happened mm -hmm. organically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when somebody expects, they expect, oh, it's another roofer. He wants to tell me some and they open the door. I've heard all the pitches. I'm like, you haven't heard this one. And they go, try me. I'm like, I don't care about your roof. Come get some free coffee. They're like, crap, you're right. We've never heard that before. What are you doing? You're crazy. <laughs> and, it, and it worked. But I do I do crazy things. Like we we painted a baby on accident uh, a decade ago and um, ended up doing a huge marketing campaign, wrote a book about why your best story and your best power in business is your storytelling and actually telling stories about your dirty little secrets and worst days in business and things that have gone really bad in business because people don't expect that but that's mm -hmm. actually how we connect at the end of the day I love that because it makes me think about when I started this podcast I had a my start ugly start and I started it mirror over grief losing my dad and how my yeah. dad went through medical ne negligence so all of my early on episodes were just me talking into the mic and I tell people I had no idea what I was doing when it came to podcasting but I knew I wanted to put content out there that was going to help me it was like therapy and little did I know what I was laying down someone else was picking up and it was an answer to a prayer that they had so you have yeah. you never know how your problems can be someone else's solution but whenever you yeah. get outside of your mindset and you get outside of your comfort zone and you just do it afraid do it scared you see how things end up working out in the end even though it's not pretty right then and there so I love that you painted yeah. a baby by accident it turned into a story and people are connecting over these start ugly moments over I call them you know the valleys because we're always going to have the hills and valleys and Torn Wells has an amazing song about, about that hills and valleys we're going to have faux pas where we have word vomits that come out and people may oh my gosh Genesis you said what Matt you said what you did what but it's yep. a part of who we are because we're human and we're going to make mistakes. But taking ownership yeah. of the mistakes that we make and learn from them and moving on is what sets us up for success, what builds our character and so forth. So with all of this, we, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours, but I got to be respectful. So I'm going to throw you. We'll do multiple episodes. We'll do we'll do a series. <laughs> yes. Come back. So I'm going to throw you an audible here, Matt. Um because I feel like you have so many gems. So if you could give the audience maybe three tips, whether they're entrepreneurial tips or anything to help them shift their mindset to go from yeah. that survival mode to thriving mode, what were those? What would those three tips be? I only get three. I just wrote a blog on this. I've got a couple. A uh, couple of big ones is that your story matters, and your your business, your family whatever you're responsible for, for touching and leading and developing, it's only going to grow to the degree that you do. It's only going to be as healthy as you are and exploring your story and where you come from and what you've gone through, what kind of traumas, baggage, bad programming, ugly, negative mindset that you carry. Identifying that is important and then finding ways to change, to reframe those things that happened. I was angry for 25 years. Now I appreciate it. There was a moment, there was a process that I went through where I reprogrammed that that computer, that chip. 
So that's one. Two would be do not compare your journey to anybody else's. We, we live in this society and Painted Baby, the book talks a lot about this, but we live in this society where you get on social media and it's this guy's got the perfect life, life, business, family, holiday, right? And it just, it makes you have to posture and want to catch up and it's never good enough. And uh, painting a picture of perfection prevents true connection. So just let your guard down and show up who you are, not who you think social media wants to be. But but when you see somebody else's journey, appreciate the success, but don't compare yourself to them. Let their story motivate you to make you better than you were yesterday, last week, last month. And then the third thing is um, things take more time than you think they're going to take. They just do and keep going. And you might get knocked back a couple of steps, but that's okay. Sometimes we live in America, you got to grind and hustle and work 80 hours a day, right? Or, or whatever it is. No, just, just let the journey be the journey. Work hard, learn lessons. And you might've just taken three steps back because you were about to take five steps forward into something that was really bad. Mm, those are amazing gems. You know, deprogram to reprogram. Yep. Never compare your, your journey, your story to somebody else's and realize that things do take time. And I always say, uh, the sentiment my dad always used to tell me, everything in a hurry doesn't always come out right, which was teaching me to be patient. And sometimes it's slow and steady is better than fast in a hurry. So I love those three um, statements and gems that you just gave, Matt. And now we're gonna jump into the CTA, which is a call to action. What is your call to action for the audience once they hear this message that you put out there, or once they watch the video, what do you want them to gravitate to and then yeah. apply it in their lives? So what, what I've put together is a collection of some of the best resources that I either have used or participated in, or that I feel like I put together for people. It's a free toolkit on my website. So when you go to mattshop.com, you can go download those. And um, what I've been doing specifically for, for podcast people, because uh, we talk about paella and the Spanish stuff a lot, is I put together a video recipe of my paella recipe that I got from my Spanish post mom 20 years ago. And I've perfected it over the last two decades. So there's a free recipe there and exactly what you need and how you can put it together. Just it's kind of fun to go with these tools that'll build your business and advance your leadership. Ooh, yummy. So y'all get that link there that's so nice and then also audience it's very important to not just take what you heard but apply it so you can be better today tomorrow and future generations to come because there is someone that needs what you have to offer so don't be afraid to step out take that leap of faith and do it afraid and do it scared because on the other side of that is going to be your biggest blessings, your biggest upwind, your biggest connections and et cetera. If you just get unstuck and plugged in to the right thing at the right time. So just be mindful of that. And Matt, thank you so much for just sharing and holding space, linking your website. And I'm sure on your website, if you're on any social channels, are they backlinked there? Yeah. So all my social channels and then everything I do, my books, my leadership adventures, I take to Spain with uh, business leaders, everything that I've got going on is all on the website there. Perfect. And y'all, I'm going to leave y'all with a quote um, that resonates with me from Babe Ruth. Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. 
because fear is a mindset that conditions you to remain stagnant and stuck in the same spot you are. But whenever you become fearless, then you're able to have those strikeout moments and hit that ball the heck out of the park and have that home run. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast. We're on 40 plus platforms. The videos house on YouTube, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp, and Brandon's brand ambassadors and sponsors are needed. It is paid sponsorship because it does take resources to fuel the mission and movement. So if you're interested, read the show notes, tap in with me, tap in with Matt, and let's create synergies. Peace, y'all.